Hey, what's up? Welcome to the AV Club Podcast. My guest today is Senor Benjamin Rourke. Ben is an improv legend. That's not true, but he's pretty good at it, actually. We, uh, we improv a lot. We did a couple, couple bits on the show, and uh, some of them were okay and some of them weren't okay, but you be the judge. Let me know what you think. Anyways, Ben is a filmmaker. Uh, he's been a part of a, a number of short films, writing and acting, actually. He is a videographer just for commercial work. He is a big comedy fan, such as myself, and um, we talked about a health and fitness as well. So enjoy Mr. Benjamin Rourke, and let me know what you guys think. We're starting. First of all, my, my chair is going to squeak big time whenever it always catches it in yeah. the mic i don't like it it's always squeaking bro it's like the tin man dude i need to grease this bad boy up man, it's like a little chipmunk just squeaking you know? <laughs> remember that uh like cronk's new groove yeah mm. he talks to the squirrels or the chipmunks whatever oh yeah it's, yeah it's always squeaking <laughs> squeak squeakity squeak squeak that's right that's right dude um i wanted to open us up with this mm. how's it that's good. Yeah. I really like that. That's a hard hitter. I think sometimes we need to think more about that in life, mm. you know? I agree. That's why I brought it up. I'm glad you did. I'm glad we just opened it up, like open the air, clear the air with that, you know? <laughs> yeah, bud. <laughs> hey, uh, no, legit though, I really do want to thank you for um, your kindness. This is like kind of like weirdly like deeper than I'm trying to make it, but legit, dude, this light is yours. I used your screen for a while. And you helped me out with a lot of the gear to get me started with this, bro. So first and foremost, thank you for that. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm just Ducks. happy to to be a vessel, to be a tool, to help other people succeed. You know, I think uh, I've been given a lot in my life, and if I can, you know, just if it's just donating a little bit of equipment here and there, and or my time, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's always great to see your friend succeed. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. So uh, no problem. Does that mean I can have it? It's, dude, just what what is mine is yours. Take <laughs> okay. it, dude. I, I don't I don't need it, man. I can just put another one on credit. <laughs> <laughs> on credit. That's on good credit. though, dude. I appreciate yeah, that. No I'm, problem, man. Let me have that jacket. I got no shirt underneath this. Okay, never mind, never mind. Okay, okay, yeah. No one no one wants to see <laughs> this yet. Well, dude, seriously, thank you for that. And also, I wanted to I wanted to ask you. Me and you are roommates. Mm-hmm. For the people that don't know, <clears throat> we are. I yep. met you. Like, when did I meet you? Like, when did you graduate? Two thousand eighteen. I graduated 2018. I graduated. So me and our other roommate, Daniel, me and him and I went to school together. Mm-hmm. And I went in with him in 2015 because mm-hmm. we're all like what part of the same high school graduating class. Mm-hmm. 2015. Yes, 2015. Right. But I graduated in 2018. And then Daniel graduated in 2019. And yeah. I want to say that I got the formal introduction to you in like 20. It was after I graduated. I think it was like on the phone. It was... Um no, it was the first time I met you was at some fireworks show or some light oh, show at UMHB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was home. It was homecoming. the homecoming after mm-hmm. stunt night. Do you know which who what was the performance for stunt night? What was the theme? Uh, I want to say board games. Board games. Okay, yeah, that was. Um, I graduated the year before because my final year was like TV shows. Oh, okay. I, I was. Well, it might have been. Yeah. I don't remember. I think it was board games. Yeah. 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 Because I remember meeting you there. I don't know if I had met you before or after that. I think that was the first, in my recollection, that was the first time I had met you. Because I remember you had your camera and I was like, oh, shoot, look at this guy. And then Daniel's like, dude, that's Ben. He knows what he's talking about. So, dude, whenever I met you, you were 
probably weighed 30 more pounds than you do now. Yeah. And so that's what I wanted to start, like jump into was like cool. your fitness. Like what did you weigh at your peak? And were you always like, cause you weren't like, you, you just, you looked like a guy who had gained college weight. It didn't look yeah. like you were always fat or always chubby. It looked like you were a guy who gained college weight. And so I just wanted to like, how did you get to that point? Were you always at that point? Um, so I started out, I was always a pretty skinny kid. I was never like the biggest or the smallest, just kind of like your average guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in high school, you don't really ever think about fitness. It's just consume, consume, consume. <clears throat> and, right. you know, coming, going into college, it's like they have unlimited food. I remember at like the, it was called Bauckham was our cafeteria mm-hmm. and they had like cookies, vending machines, like Bluebell, like on tap. And it's like, Jeez. just eat whatever you want. And I had never in my life had ever heard of like a calorie deficit or like maintenance calories. It was just like, oh, dude, I'm hungry. You eat. And oh, if you're bored, you eat. And so I just kind of fell into that trap. And it's just crazy like how if you don't ever think about it and you just consume, 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 it's just like I never really saw the weight gain until I came home from college. And like I went and tried on some suits that I had and none of them fit yeah like i couldn't even button the button on my suit and it was like in my mind i wanted to deny it that like oh like i didn't gain any weight but it was like oh i totally did so at my peak i weighed 215 pounds but Mm -hmm. i went into college weighing 170 oh wow yeah yeah and so i didn't do any sort of physical activity didn't really i don't know i just was never really into weightlifting yeah seems to be a common theme with like college students unless you like Unless you get the bug early, the weightlifting bug or that fitness bug, and then you kind of you just get addicted from there. But yeah, man, like I, th- I don't know. I felt like for me, it could only take so much discipline because mm-hmm. I was like so disciplined in my studies to try to graduate a year early and to try to like maintain a, you know, stay like on like the dean's list. It was like I think, you know, pursuing like fitness stuff was kind of hard to have that extra set of discipline. And then like mm-hmm. on the other side of it, I was kind of also intimidated going into the gym because like at, you know, Mary Harden Baylor, they're not like a huge sports school, but they're like a big D three football school. And so like you'd have like a lot of like D three football athletes in there lifting weights and they're all like, oh, they're all yeah. jacked. They're jacked. Yeah. yeah. And I think there I was also kind of intimidated of just like the progress of like, ah, like, I don't want to be like the chubby guy, like mm. the, not looking like I belong. And so there was a, there was a little bit of that in there as well. But I think where I really started grabbing my fitness was really a year after college. Mm. It was after I'd done my first career. And then I really was like, I need to get healthy. I need to, you know, I'm at my youngest right now. This is going to be the easiest time for me to get fit, get healthy, recover faster. Right. Yeah. And I just started getting into it. And the more I got into it, the more it's just like, I really started to fall in love with it. Like I didn't really care like how big I was. I really didn't care about like what other people thought. It was really just for me. And, um, it's been an awesome journey. I've kind of fluctuated a lot in weight. Uh, my lowest last year I was 157. Dang. And so right now I'm sitting at 173, but it's kind of fun to kind of do the whole cutting, bulking, kind of that whole yeah. shenanigans. It's dude, I I got into weightlifting 2015, 2016ish. Um I started training to go play like college ball. That was like mm-hmm. the goal of mine was to play college ball. And so after high school basketball was over, I started training and actually Daniel um was at a private school at the time in the same town I, I lived in. And so I would wake up at 6 a.m. and go work out with them. 
and and then go back home. And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, this, this coach is a great coach for weightlifting, but he's not a great coach for specific weightlifting, right? Because mm-hmm. we were doing like football lifts, so we were getting big. Yeah, when yeah, in yeah. reality, that's not what we needed. So for, like, what, like what were you doing? Like like squats, <clears throat> bench press, like power We were cleans. doing the, the main Olympic lifts, gotcha. but like heavy. Like we weren't like, we were going, really? he- we were trying to, essentially we were bulking. <laughs> right, right, This was right. in like, what, basketball, like, like second semester-ish, like mm-hmm. basically the whole second semester we were doing this. And then um, I didn't end up playing anywhere because I was just slow and I got one like partial offer, but it, it didn't pan out because I didn't really like the school. But it was crazy because now you, I, that's kind of when I got caught the bug and I got addicted to it. And then I just continued throughout the, like, but I never was super disciplined in eating or um, didn't know like about calories or even the macronutrients. I would work out hard and then I would eat, take some protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would go eat whatever I wanted to afterwards, you know? Dude, and, it's insane. That kind of very similar whenever I first started getting into it. I, mm-hmm. I literally thought that like, oh, like if you eat just chicken and and greens and like as long as it's like healthy, you can have as much as you want. Like yeah. it never came into my mind of like, you know, you can eat so much and if you eat more than that you'll gain weight and if you eat less than that right. you'll lose weight like it just that just never registered in my mind yeah it's it's so weird because that's how i was too i'd be like i'd be like mom i can't eat you know moms normally don't make the healthiest yeah. food and so i was like mom you gotta make like chicken and rice or veggies or whatever and i would eat like legit like three portions of it oh and my I was gosh like, <laughs> i was like yeah i'm getting i'm getting lean <laughs> no i wasn't no, no i remember i tried so many fad diets because i really wanted the fastest result possible mm-hmm. and like the easiest result possible yeah like i did keto and i think i did like the dirtiest version of keto i oh, just yeah. ate like i put butter in my coffee I would just like take shots of olive oil and I would eat just bacon and <laughs> cheese. It was disgusting. You like get really bad BO all the time. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah like, That's and crazy. It, but in my mind, I was like, oh, dude, I'm losing weight. Yeah. No. No, dude. dude. It's wild. It's whack. The health fads are crazy because it's like, I guess most people's mindsets are, man, I'm a little overweight. Let me lose it as fast as possible. And so they just yeah. do whatever they think is right without putting any effort into researching or anything. But. but Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think for me that kind of helped my journey yeah. though. Cause it's like, I think I, in my mind, I had to go through all like these fad diets of like military diets, like, you know, crash, like eating 1200 calorie diets to like learn that, you know, realistically the healthiest and the best way to do it is just the old fashioned. It's going to take a while, but calories in calories mm-hmm. out, Yep. lose one to two pounds a week over like 12 weeks. It's like the answer no one wants to hear, but yeah. I think it's also at the same time, like the the best way to do it just because it actually builds those skills mm-hmm. and the discipline inside of you. It's it's for sure a lot of discipline in there, man. But if you're doing it like efficiently, you don't need any more. Cause like when you, when you're eating like high proteins, you're getting your carb source and you're getting your fats and you're getting your greens in. It's like you, most of the time you're full after like a meal and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm pretty full. Like I'm good. You just got to, really just wait it out make make sure you're getting the foods that are filling right and not eating like the empty calories or whatever and yeah i as long as you're eating like enough protein and fiber you yeah know, you'll, you'll get full and it's not like a full from like eating a whole pizza it's yeah. just like i'm full but i but I'm, I'm just full like you just feel a weird feeling of full yeah. i can't explain it unless you've ever been like protein full you're like you're like good you're like oh yeah, I got, you don't feel heavy exactly you don't feel light you just feel 
full like good it's no. weird yeah it is hard to explain but yeah it's it's super unique and i was on like a for a while i've been on a low carb not necessarily keto because i was never in ketosis but you never reached that state i've never reached you've the never state. reached the enlightenment of ketosis I, I never have people go hard with that though they like take blood they take urine they'll do whatever and they try to stick with oh, it like dude i remember peeing on the on the strips on the little, yeah little strips that's crazy yeah. Felt like it was like it felt like I was like pregnant or something like that. Yeah, like you like you know do that. You you smell it. The worst part was the lick test. Yeah, you (laughs) You pee and then lick and then yeah, you know, and if it's too salty, you know, it means you're not in ketosis. Yeah, it's not. You might you're in ketosis. So that's good. That's good to know. You saved a lot. The listeners a lot of trouble. Yeah. So listeners out there, I just let you know. Just just lick the strip. Lick it. Pee then lick. Pee then lick. Yeah. That's that's the saying. But yeah, man, it's, um, <laughs> I was on like a low carb thing and I was never like, there'd be times where I'd have my peaks, right. Where I'd be like peaks as in like feeling good, feel like I'm losing weight, gaining muscle and feeling good. But it's like, no, you just, I don't even know what it was. Cause it, it's possible to do it with that diet. Depends on your goals first of all. But like after moving in with you, it's weird. Cause I'm normally the guy that's like, I've had a couple of roommates in the past where I've help them get into the fitness lifestyle and they've lost weight. They've kind of changed their life and their lifestyles like after like living with me, like a humble brag right there. But I always try to point people in that direction because it's, it's just better for your health. Yeah. 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 I mean, just long term. For yeah. Sure, for sure. And living with you, you were like that for me. And I was like, Oh shoot, Ben is like, he's counting his calories. Like, and you're not super strict on it because you're not like, you know, competing you do have goals for yourself, but you're not super strict where you're like restricting yourself or eating things that you don't like. And then you also introduced me to that YouTube channel, the Remington James. Yeah. Dude, yeah, his stuff is money. He makes like he basically makes high protein, low calorie meals that are like anything you want, like burgers, pizzas, pastas. Yeah, it's like like the alternative food to just like the alternative healthy versions of bad foods. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's a good way yeah. to put it. I guess for me, my whole philosophy has just always been like, it's a lifestyle and I'll cheat. I cheated a lot on food. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard not to. Because like for me, it's like, I try to do it in a social setting because to me, it's like whenever I'm like with people, like I want to be there in the moment, you know, I don't want to be the guy that's just, you know, if all my friends were at a really great pizza joint and I'm not enjoying it because I'm not eating pizza i'd rather sacrifice throughout the week to where i can like have like these fun Mm. social moments with my friends or family and then also it's like eating you know healthy it's not just oh eating fish with the salads like oh like you can actually make burgers that aren't 1200 calories you can make burgers that are like 600 500 calories just Mm -hmm. use like the right ingredients and whenever i heard that it like blew my mind and it's really allowed me to kind of stay within the weight range that I want. And then I don't get like these crazy cravings to go yeah. grab Whataburger at 1 a.m. or, you know, eat canes or whatnot. That's that's one of the most important parts of that diet, which I recommended to my, my brother and my family. I'm not sure if they've tried it yet, but the most important thing is like you don't have the cravings of like sweets because you could make a cheesecake with 80 grams of protein and only what, like 700, 800 calories, like it's cool because you can have all the things you want just made better for you. Right, right. And then, like, I'll be honest with you, like, some of them, like, sometimes, like, they taste, like, half as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not, like, that great. But then, like, you're in your mind, you're like, well, at least I got my pizza fix. At least, like, I can, like, eat pizza on a Monday. 
knowing that I'm going to have it on the weekend and it's not just like, oh, I'm eating two dirty gross pizzas a week. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're, it, it's like you're cutting different places. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, treat your calories like your bank account. You know, like you're not going to spend a bunch during the week. You're going to save your, you're spending money for the weekend. That's or, a good way to look at it. You know, so that's the way I try to look at it. You don't want that Dunlap? I don't want that Dunlap. What's the Dunlap? The Dunlap? You ever heard Remington James say that? Dunlap? I feel like I haven't. I, hey, he goes, he goes, you don't want that Dunlap. You don't want that belly to that belly to dunlap your belt or lap your pants or something like that i don't know <laughs> dude he's like the king i don't know where he comes up with this stuff where he comes up I, if if anyone out there has not um watched remington james go on youtube look at remington james he does like these crazy weird like puns yeah you, you just can't explain it and like, i've never heard him before in my life you know but yeah. they're just so smooth yeah he's very smooth with it he's just he's pretty good he's pretty uh entertaining to watch too and you're getting your recipes from him and yeah, he keeps you entertained yeah. with those puns. Oh, yeah. It's funny. He's pretty clever with them. Now that I think about it, yeah. Yeah, I know he actually, he's kind of like, I call him this the the godson of the the guy that transformed, like I think, the diet industry, Greg Doucette. Really? Greg Doucette was kind of the first guy on YouTube that started making like good mm. alternatives. Like he got famous for his uh, anabolic French toast. He's like, that, yeah. that kind of blew up in the fitness world because... Basically, he just used egg whites, stevia, and cinnamon to make French toast, and it's the bomb. It's very good. I've very had good. it. Very good. Very good. Those French toast roll-up things you made the other day were good, bro. Dude, Remington James hit those like perfect. That was so. It was so Gosh. good. It's just it's cool that you can make so many different things with like healthy alternatives. That's crazy, the man. message. That's the message. Like you can still eat great and still live a healthy lifestyle and have and have fun. It's not all yeah. about chicken and broccoli. Yeah, true that, baby. Ben, it says here in my notes that um, you're on the show today because it's the first day of the Pride Month. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. I'm I'm glad I could just represent my people. Amen, dude. Amen to that. What's it like? It's magical. Oh, that's a good way to put it. You know, it's it's magical. I like to think of it like like Lucky Charms. You know, mm. like you got the rainbow, and it also helps that I'm Irish. Oh, look at you! Yeah, Rourke. <laughs> Rourke. Rourke. Yeah. So you know, it's like it's it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Let's talk about comedy. Okay, let's go for it. Uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> comedy. <laughs> comedy. Dude, I hate laughing. You know, I I don't know, man. I just I hate it. Mm-hmm. You know what they say? Laughter is not the best medicine. It's not, man. It's not. You know, like prescription medicine is the best medicine. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. why would you go to the doctor? Antibiotics, steroids. You know, all the all the stuff that you are prescribed. Never. They never prescribe laughter. Now they that don't. I think about it, they don't. You know, and now that we're on the subject of doctors, I've been eating <laughs> apples a day, and I've they're not Still they're not staying been. away. Yeah, man. It's it's crazy. The, the diseases haven't left my body yet, and I literally eat an apple every day. How many diseases do you have nowadays? AIDS. Just one. Just one. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. It's gone yeah, down. Thank you. It's yeah. No, the lot. apples, I could tell like the apples help, though. Yeah. It really does. As long as they're not Granny Smith apples. What kind do you prefer? Fiji? Fuji? Um, I like, I think they're called the Macintosh. Oh. That's what we're using right here, baby. I'm sponsored like, by by Mac. That was that's the sponsorship. And Steve, no. man, did you hear that Steve died? What? Steve Jobs died. Like recently? 
Apparently. No, I mean, it was a while ago, but I, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. You didn't get the memo. You I didn't, didn't get the memo, yeah. bro. They should have updated you on Apple News. That's what I'm saying, bro. I should have got that notification. I didn't. Really? They didn't have anybody to send it. Steve died. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Man. But but comedy, though. <clears throat> um, first and foremost, what are your thoughts on Joe Rogan moving to Austin and, and bringing the scene over here? Because it's... Oh, I think it's good. I think it's fantastic, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I almost left Austin two years ago. Really? I almost moved to Dallas. Yeah. Why? Why? Um, I I was working a software job. I wasn't too happy about it. I was kind of like, uh, you know, maybe I just need a huge change up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, maybe I should go to Dallas. But you know, I, the hard part, man, is like Austin, Texas. I mean, this is it's it's turning into just the new hub of of creativity especially in the comedy stuff Mm -hmm. and so part of the reason why i stayed was because i was like i knew austin was up and coming in like that arena yeah you know because it kind of felt like the the lot like the music aspect was kind of leaving yeah just because um it i guess just because it felt like like those artists didn't really come as much anymore, it wasn't just like the stop by spot. It was kind of turning into a pretty big hub for musicians. So it's like you instead of just you know going to like Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, it's like Austin would be a part of that tour. And so it didn't feel as like small. Mm. But I kind of knew that like comedy wise, it was starting to take off. Yeah. So like, there have been times like you know I saw a couple like Comedy Central stuff whenever they came and yeah. several stuff like that. But I think since Joe Rogan coming here, I mean I think I think we're just this is like the beginning. Yeah, it's I can't even I can't even begin to explain how excited I am for it. It's first of all, whenever I moved I moved to Marble Falls, that's kinda of what got me in the central Texas area. And then Georgetown, like you know, almost mm-hmm. two years after that. And dude, I, I was no I had no idea, like obviously nobody had any idea, but first of all, the comedy scene is already kind of it's low key, but it's it's very vast. There's a lot yeah. of it and like a lot of different spots in Austin that I didn't know about until doing my research. And if I don't know if you've ever like looked up hashtag Austin comedy or Austin comedy on Instagram or anything like that, but it's, there's a lot of open mics like all over, like all the way South into like Buda North into Georgetown. It's, it's everywhere. And East West, it's crazy. There's a lot of it. It's insane, man. I know like a lot of bars are starting to add on mm-hmm. with like comedy stuff. Like I know here in Georgetown, I mean, I think every Thursday now that place Barrel and Amps. Oh, right. I know that they have like a like a comedy scene growing up there. That's cool. And then I think downtown Roundark does a couple of things. It's crazy to me, like how I mean, it may have, it may just be me like becoming more of an adult, so I see it more. Mm-hmm. But I feel like like comedy has like made like stand up comedy has kind of made a rise, if you if you will, like amongst just mm-hmm. like everyday people. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like for maybe yeah. for like a little bit, like no one really did it. No one really ever tried it. But like nowadays I just like, I know like a lot of random people that do like open mic nights. That's cool. And like, I never knew anybody that did it like a few years ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. It's, it makes a lot of sense. It's like, obviously like <clears throat> having a podcast, I listen to a lot of podcasts and that's kind of what got me into this, this whatever, this world you can call it. And a lot of the podcasts I listen to, I listen to is comedian based. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the comedians are the hosts. Not all of them are like comedy podcasts, but they're hosted by comedians. And the just the comedy world is they 
through their eyes, through their lens has, has exploded. Like, just like you're saying, yeah. it's like people are listening to these podcasts and it's, it's giving them maybe like a little bit of confidence in, in them, their selves and their abilities. And they're just going for it. And it's everywhere now. I think this is kind of my own personal theory, but I think nowadays like comedians are like really the only people that I think a lot of different like political viewing people can like listen to together and both understand. Like I feel like comedians now are almost like who we look to for kind of ideas. Cause in a sense it's like comedians are really, you can't really cancel a comedian. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there's, there's like the ones that have gotten like a, a bunch of like sexual charges against them, like Chris D'Elia and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's those, but like for the most part, you know, it's like a comedian can like say something and yeah. people aren't like Joe Rogan. <laughs> he's, he's really not going to get canceled for like his semi offensive things that he says. Right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people from the left and the right will listen to them and they can kind of agree on things and it helps people see the world like, Hey, we're, we're all in this. It's not like mm-hmm. just two sides against the other. So that's kind of why I think comedy is kind of made a huge comeback yeah Uh, my opinion is that just listening to these podcasts like i would have no idea if it weren't for these podcasts i listen Mm -hmm. to but according to some comedians it's like they want to be that because that's what comedians were in the past they wanted to be like that middle ground between like what's right and what's wrong or what you think is right and wrong in, in the world and they they figure out a way to articulate and make them funny and make a light of the subjects that are hard to to be right. uh, talked about, right? So, like, whether that's politics or not, like, honestly, ever since Donald Trump and then, like, Donald Trump, and it's not his fault, but, like, since Trump, like, the woke culture kind of came and was, like, both neck and neck with, like, these the right and the left. And yeah, it's, like, it's kind of made it hard for some of them. Like, the OGs are, like, like you said, like, Joe Rogan and some of the older comedians are like, yeah, I don't care. I'll say whatever I want. But like a lot of the younger ones that are uh, semi-famous, like pretty, pretty well known are like, oh man, am I allowed to say this? Or am I not allowed to say this? Because I guess some people take their stuff out of context. And when you have like a joke that's out of context, it's like, it sounds like a direct quote. That's not, there's nothing in front of (laughs) it leading up to it. So it's, it's hard for them, I guess, in that sense. But yeah, man, I would, I love the fact that there's people in the world that can make light of everything. Cause oh man, I remember watching Bill Burr's uh, like twenty, I think it was his twenty seventeen special, twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, and I just remember like being shocked at the stuff that he was saying, but it was yeah. like so funny, and especially like it's funny like whenever you know they say something and like you're a part of like the joke, like you're the crowd yeah. in the joke, and it kind of helps you like oh that that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. You know, it kind of, it, it like breaks up your own boundary of like, Oh, like I believe that, but Oh, I can see how cringy that is mm-hmm. to other people. And I just, I remember watching his and I, you know, he would just say some things and I just felt like, you know, like the, the bat would just break the glass and you're, you just laugh and you just kind of, yeah, it just breaks down the barriers, you know, Bill, Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle yeah, are the I best love- in the world at that. It's, it's so crazy how they, it's just, it's really just, how good they are with their words and their their creative ability because it's like you take a subject like let's just say pride month right mm-hmm. it's just random because we said it earlier right but it's like dave Chappelle made a whole special basically off of like the lgbtq community and he not once was he like like being harsh on anybody but he was making light of the subject because of just if you take a step back it's like like you said, it's just so funny when you take a step back and you look at it from like an outside perspective. Even yeah. if you're in the community, 
even if you're not in the community, it's it's almost impossible not to laugh because of how good he is at maneuvering those those areas, those gray areas. Dude, I, I don't know how they do it. Like, I don't know how they walk out on stage, like with these jokes in their mind and they're like, yeah. the crowd, the crowd's going to love this. Yeah. You know, all right. I, I, kudos to them. I feel like it almost just feels like you're going out just to die. Like yeah. you're a gladiator. It's, um, I think that's, what's preventing me from taking my first attempt at it. But also I know that when they film these specials, obviously yeah. they, they've got months, almost like almost a full yeah. year of practicing. And so they'll, you know, you know how it works. They start yeah. with an idea, might not be funny at all, right? But if they like the premise enough, they'll just roll with it and they'll change words here, throw another word in here, change, you know, maybe flip the beginning and the end. Maybe they start with the end of it and then they work their way backwards. Or it's just a lot of trial and error is how they gotcha. figure it out. It's it's incredible. Like, I wish, you know what they need to do? They need to make a documentary on a guy like Dave Chappelle, right? Cause he's very well, well known and mm-hmm. well respected and well liked. So they need to make a documentary following him from the beginning of a special to the very end to see the progression of it. Dude. That would be cool. Wouldn't it? I think that'd be freaking awesome because I think so many times you hear of like, Oh, there's this comedian and, and he went to this club and <laughs> he performed for four hours and everyone left. It's just so easy. But like, you don't ever see kind of what you said, like mm-hmm. the whole like joke writing process of like, is this even funny, guys? Is this funny? And everyone's like, nah, like nah, Dave, you're an idiot, right? Like that's not funny. <laughs> that, yeah, it's not funny, Dave. And it's crazy to think about, you know. And even like the trial of like going to kind of like these smaller clubs and just kind of like saying these jokes, mm-hmm. just kind of testing them out, just to kind of see if like the crowd. But also, I've heard too though that you know, like a lot of these big guys, like they, I think it was Steve Martin. I want to say he's the one that, you know, I think you may have told me this funny enough. I probably so. I think I know what you're going to say. He he was like, it got to the point where like, because of how famous I was and how popular I was, like I would just say stuff and I know like this really isn't funny, but people would just like eat it up Yeah, and they'd just be like dying. And he's like, this is not funny. Yeah. Like, I couldn't, I can do way better than this. Like, yeah. You're the one that told me that? Yeah. Yeah. That was me. Wow. Actually, I told him that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. You did tell me that. Yeah, bro. It got to the point where he was so famous that people would just, like, yeah. they were in awe of his presence. And so he could have just said the worst joke in the world and they would have died laughing. Does it feel kind of cool that, like, I just, like, relayed, like, this knowledge that you told me, but I told it back to you? Yeah, that does, feels does it, awesome. Does it feel like almost like a master and apprentice moment? Yes, it does. You took the butter, the grasshopper out of the, out you, of, you took the worm from... The palm. I took the knuckles. apple from the worm. You took the apple from the worm in my hands. Yes, sir, sensei. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes, sir, sensei. <laughs> dude, yeah, I just, that's so amazing to me. Sorry, I bumped the mic, but it's, um, I've heard Joe Rogan in person, you know, at the comedy, the venue, the small comedy venue down in, on 6th Street, and it almost seems like he's to that point, like, I mean, he could probably say anything he wanted to, but he, his his uh, tone when he's on the stage, his cadence is high. Like he's like high. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Intensity. His intensity is high when he's on the stage. He's like yelling, and he has like I don't know if you've ever heard him. Obviously, you've heard him talk like on his podcast. Yeah, but, he's always like super mellow, just yeah. very relaxed. But when he gets like a topic, when he starts uh, something he's passionate about or something he has a lot of interest in. He goes on this tangent, even in a podcast, and he's like, 
yeah and then like he gets really intense and if it's like about an animal he'll start making the noises and he'll really describe and like vividly about like yeah and then that bear just rips that deer apart and he, he bites his neck and pulls out his spot like he gets super vivid and that's how his stand-up is it's like him but elevated just multiplied right yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I guess that, yeah. that's like his stage mm-hmm. presence or whatnot. Yeah, like and he little... has a lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, like "Hey guys, like this isn't this isn't cool, man!" Like I don't know what the topic is, but he's he's very intense on the stage, and it's hard not to laugh if you're such if you're in awe of this guy, and he's like coming at you like "Hey, what's up?" Like you shut up, you know. Then it's hard not to laugh because it's just right. you're in the moment. There's the it's atmosphere. Like Joe, it's Joe Rogan. Yeah. It's like Joe, like the guy that has can have anyone in the world on his podcast. Literally, yeah, he's on next week, by the way. Oh wow! Well, good luck to him. Next I mean, week. <laughs> having to you know try to show up this episode. I don't think he's gonna top this. <laughs> no good way, luck, Joey. <laughs> he's he actually so um, I did a video for the Vulcan Gas Company, Big Glass Comedy. I've already said that, but um, I feel like I'm repeating myself. What did you do? I did a video for mm-hmm. Big Laugh Comedy Network. Big big live big live big, big laugh big lab big laugh big lab big lab comedy big lab comedy big labs comedy they're they specialize in laboratories that it's a bunch of scientists a bunch of scientists that create comedians in like test tubes and stuff like that it's weird that's crazy but it's weird there's a lot of a lot of 2021 man you, you just you making make, comics and labs you can make anything you can make anything you want you can make literally anything man it's almost like Santa's workshop no dude. Dude, I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson the other day said, "There's a possibility." He said that Santa's real. <laughs> now he said that if Santa Claus is on the North Pole, and you asked him to go to point south, or no, not south. Obviously, there's a south. He can't. Ah, uh, man, I totally forgot just now. If you're on the North Pole, you can't. Something along the lines of like, if you're on the North Pole, then you can't point to the 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 west or the east because you're so you're like at the very tip of north that anywhere you point is south. Does that make sense? Well, technically, like, if he's <coughs> at the North Pole, there's no more north because, like, the world's flat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. And so, so speaking of flat earth. Speaking of flat earth. What's over the wall? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's crazy, bro. But yeah, man, I, I guess if you're on the North Pole, that's why nowhere else is south. Everywhere yeah. else is south because you're so far north oh. that if you point to the right, you're like, you got it. It's got to go down because you're at the tip of the world. So I don't is, know. is it like at like like a like a like a certain point, like a physical spot? There's an actual pole in the north, and you have to be on top of that pole. Jeez. It's very it's very thin pole. It's like about an inch in diameter, and so gosh, so you couldn't climb on it. No, no, you couldn't. You couldn't. Only Santa could, I guess. Santa. Well, that's probably like this beacon. He probably has an underground like. He probably there's probably a snow globe that he goes into. <laughs> Magic snow globe. He teleports or transports into a snow globe. Snow globius. Mm-hmm. Santa Claus. Full send. Yeah, dude. You know you know I'm always sending, bro. <laughs> Full sin, bro. Santa Claus full sins into that chimney, bro. That uh, that hoodie is actually really really cool, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm I really love this hoodie. I've always, I've, I really like red a lot. Yeah, I like it like in only like hoodies or shoes. Okay, 
don't yeah, know. you have a pair of all red shoes, don't you? I do. Yeah, I like all red shoes. I don't know why. I guess actually, I do know why. I just feel like it adds like a little bit of pop. Yeah, you know. I agree. I agree to that. Just enough. I agree to that a hundred percent. Are you ever? What are your? Are you? What are your thoughts on trying stand up? Would you ever try stand up comedy? Man, I it's like I think I'm very similar to you where it's like I really do want to try stand up comedy mm-hmm. because I feel like it would just be really fun, especially yeah. if you were good at it. And then uh but B bro, like just to like I think it's like probably most things in life, like starting. Yeah. You know, because I just feel like if you bombed, like that's something that like you always carry with you. Yeah, like a hundred percent. You know, yeah. Especially if you bomb, but like never recover. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like one thing if you bomb, but then it's like, oh, ha ha, like I bombed. But then like after that, I did so great. Like what if you just kept bombing? Like what if, <laughs> what if each one just got worse? Dude, have you ever seen the Joker? Yes. Do you know that part where he's doing his stand up where he's actually on the stage? Yes. And like, it's like the first half of his little dream and everybody's like cracking Laughing, up. Yeah. Oh dude. I, one of my, so I wanted to open up a set. Like I had this vision of doing stand-up and, and opening up and asking people that same question. Have you guys ever seen The Joker? And most people probably say, yeah, you know, because it's pretty old now. It's not old. It's just, you know, pretty popular movie. Most people probably seen it. And then I was going to be like, do you remember the part where where he's on the stage and he does his stand-up? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, well, if you guys don't laugh at my jokes, um, it's going to get real bad in here or like something along those lines where it's like threatening, but not threatening. I couldn't find the words obviously right there, but uh, dude, I, I had that I, in my head. It's like a funny premise, but I can't, I haven't worked with it enough to make it. Oh dude. Cause like that could be one of those, like people could like laugh or they're just like, Ugh, like Oh my God. Yeah. Like, um, like <laughs> should we leave? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's, like, everyone's like looking for the exit sign. <laughs> they're making their exit strategies. Yeah, bro. That's funny though. I think, uh, the starting is for sure the hardest part of it. And that's like, that's my biggest barrier right now. Besides the fact that I don't have like a solid, like five minutes. You would literally have to be like, Hey, you'd have to like plant people in the audience. Like, Hey, no matter what, just die laughing. Yeah. I do not care how stupid it sounds. If you're the only person laughing, just laugh. <laughs> that's a good idea. That's why that's honestly why I don't want to invite like when that time comes because it, it'll come. You don't want to invite your friends. I don't want to invite my friends because I don't want them to laugh at the stuff that's not funny and just like try to like ah, like feel the. So rap, you wouldn't like you wouldn't like your mom and like your grandma there laughing for you. No, 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 no. My mom has a crazy laugh. She's so loud. It'd be it would literally fill the room, and I don't think my mom would laugh at any of the stuff I think is funny. So I was about to say, yeah. I was like, like I think if my mom came to my stand up. She would not. She wouldn't like it. She would not like it. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a shame, mom, because it's funny. Yeah, mom, like get get out of get out of the the eighties, mom, with your <laughs> Southern Baptist humor. <laughs> get out of the eighties, mom. Get out of the eighties, mom. Dude, we need to make some uh, Tim Robinson sketches sometime soon because, um, we just need to. <laughs> Bro, how does? Here's my thing. I was because I was like thinking about that before. How does like a guy with like Tim Robbins' personality? like go up on stage for the first time and people buy into that because like nowadays you're like oh like tim robbins oh i love like his like oh he kind of talks like this i <laughs> need ah, he, he does like a lot of weird stuff like how does he go up on stage and people just automatically buy that i would oh like if gosh. some guy did that i would just that was not tim robbins just some rando i'd be like what 
Yeah, well, that's very cringy and very it's weird. Very, it's very weird. It's just, just, it's unsettling. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. Does he do stand-up? I've never seen him do stand-up. But I'm, I feel like he would. I mean, if yeah. he's a part of the SNL crowd, yeah. you know. Um, I know a lot of the writers that they have for SNL that start out in stand-up. Because it's like, they start out in stand-up, stand-up or improv. Mm, and then yeah, like yeah, yeah. from there, it's like a selection for SNL. And they select who they want. And then they'll appoint you to like, oh, you're going to be a writer. Even if you wanted yeah. to be like one of the actors. But I just, that's crazy. I think it'd be fun though doing stand-up though. I would, I'd be willing to give it a try. Yeah. But Tim Robbins, uh, skit writing, is that what, is that, is that mm-hmm. what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. The, the skits mm-hmm. and the writing? Mm-hmm. The skits? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the writing. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Good etiquette. <laughs> they're, so, they're hilarious, dude. My brother and my sister showed me them. And at first, I was like, what? This isn't funny. And then they showed me again. And I was like, okay, th- this is a little funny. There's some funny parts in there. And then after that second time, I was like, Let's watch it again. <laughs> Let's watch it again. So how old were you whenever you first fell in love with I Think You Should Leave by Tim Robbins? <laughs> I was 20. And how long did it take? <laughs> I think for me, the first one that I saw, I think it was someone showed me a YouTube video and it was like the the one about the, it's like the birthday party mm-hmm. and he's like giving someone a gift. And um, I forgot like... But anyways, basically it ends up with like the guy not washing his hands after the gift or like. Oh, like the house birthday party. I'm describing this so terribly for the audience. Isn't that funny, guys? (laughs) It shouldn't been do stand up. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So I think the episode you're talking about is it's a birthday party. Uh, Somebody goes to the bathroom, doesn't wash their hands, but that's not known until later on. And the guy was tim robinson points it out yeah yeah and then he he eats like the card or some piece of paper Mm -hmm. and then basically he's like i'm sick because of your poopy fingers yeah he's like you didn't wash your hands and i ate your paper with your poop fingers and now i'm (laughs) sick it sounds so dumb but it's the funniest (laughs) one of the funniest ones in the whole thing that's that's whenever i fell in love was whenever he said the poopy fingers i was like this is love the uh this is comedy that's hilarious because before that everybody was against him he's like because he was the bad guy up until that part and then he ate the paper and he was like oh i'm sick and then everybody believed him after that and were against the person who didn't wash their hands yes. and like it, it just flipped <laughs> it was he has like such an interesting way of flipping his skits of just like total 180 of like the narrative where yeah. it's like everyone you think would be a like for like the same person it's like no uh-uh against there's a, this is on all on Netflix by the way. It's called I Think You Should Leave Now, and um, Aaron will actually be uh, will actually be being de- debuting on season two. I'm on season two. I play uh, I play the wiener costume guy, part two. That was that's probably one of my favorite episodes. Dude, that's a great episode. Yeah, it's like have you ever seen the Eric Andre show? Yes. It's just these these things live in these people's minds and. There's only a few people that are able to, like, lucky enough to be able to, like, showcase them to the world. Like, Eric Andre, like, yeah. the show is le- legitimately the only way to describe his show is random. It's just 100% random. I would think if you, like, gave, like, a chipmunk mm-hmm. cocaine and acid and you were like, hey, write a show. Yeah. That's, like, the only way if, if, to describe to how describe it is. To describe it. Mm-hmm. It's so you like I don't think I, I I don't get it like I I think it's funny, 
I'll sometimes, never, right? Yeah, sometimes. I'll never get it. Yeah, I don't know. I'll never get it. I think that's the point is that you don't get it. It's just so stupid. And how, does, like, how does that make it? Like, how does he go? Like, how? Like, what was his trajectory? Yeah, I don't know. What did he do? He needs to write, a bi- like, a biography. Dude, I don't know how you think of stuff like that. It's so funny. There's. I wanted to say this to you, but I didn't. I didn't. But no, say it. At the beginning of one of his shows, I forgot who it was. Um, some white chick or man. But anyways, Eric Andre's behind his desk, and it's like a talk show kind of setup, right? You have a the host is behind his desk, and then the guest is on a little chair, right? And he goes, "So I have here in my notes, uh, and he's got like a little note card. He's like, I have it here in my notes that you tweeted out the other day, uh, f u u you." Like, and it'll say something racist. Like, you, like, I don't <laughs> I even want to say it. But it's like, F U, you black, something, something, something. <laughs> and like, it's totally made up. But the person's like, I, what? I never said that. And he's like, that's pretty messed up. And then it'll show his notes from the back. And it, there's like nothing on it. <laughs> he just makes it up. <laughs> Dude, I remember there was just one. I, I did think this was pretty funny. So he's like interviewing, it was a female guest. Yeah. And, you know, it's him. And then um, who's like his, like, sidekick in the show uh, that's uh, Hannibal Burris. yeah Hannibal Burris. and then like out of like the like the corner of like the set like like these these midgets walk out that look that are dressed up just like them <laughs> they basically like he'll say like so like how was your movie and then like the person over here would then repeat like how's your movie <laughs> <laughs> like in a high pitched that's so funny they would just mimic the show <laughs> like, like how do they create that stuff man like Kudos to them, man. He's got to be high, dude. 100%. Oh, oh, dude. Definitely high. The question is not if he's high. What is he high from? What, yeah, what's the substance that's altering his, his, his thinking? Yeah. What, what is it, Eric? What is it, Eric? <laughs> I wish that um, I could peek into one of their brains for just a second. Also, dude, I don't know if you've ever considered like stand-up or anything, but I have a lot. Uh, it's definitely in my foreseeable future. I wanted to do it before my 24th birthday, but I'm too much of a, too much of a chicken, bro. Why I don't you just do it right now. Oh, okay. So what's the deal with um, what's the deal with these tables here? You know, so some of them are big and some of them are small. This is what the deal with the tables is. This what's the deal with the tables? I. That's a question. This is a stand-up show, sure. Please don't talk during my set. That's it. I'm done. Thank you. Dude. <laughs> Killer. Dude, you need to do stand-up. What's the deal with these tables? <laughs> What's the deal with these tables? I mean, whatever happened to the... <laughs> <laughs> to desk. What happened to the desks? desks? We used to have a room full of desks, now the tables. It was the difference between a desk and a table. A desk just... Holds a computer that's called an apple, and then a, 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 a table just holds apples. What's what's the difference? <laughs> oh my gosh, bro, this is crazy. Unleash us, man. Unleash us to the world. Ah, I have to, brother. The world has to, The world needs to hear this. The world this. needs to know. It's about time. Oh man, dude. Um, so this is what I was gonna say. Okay. With stand up, one of the things that holds me back is like, how there's no. Like, you can't YouTube how to do stand-up. You can't YouTube how to write jokes. You can't YouTube how to even write skits for that point. So, like, that's another barrier. Mm. Of course, that's, like, that's something that's not really a barrier because nobody starts yeah. out knowing. They just do. And But that's, like, 
a mental block for me. I'm like, how? Like, what? Like, is there a template? Is there a format? Obviously, there's not, but... I think it kind of... There's different... I, I used to read on, like, how to write stand-up. Mm-hmm. And for my research, you have, like, different kinds of, yeah. of, of joke telling. Like, you have some comedians that are really good at, like, rehashing stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like they have like a lot of fluff in there. Like it may or may not be true, but like they're kind of more like story based comedians. Then you kind of have like soapbox comedians that kind of they'll like talk about like a subject and like why, like what they dislike about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll kind of go like on their soapbox, and it's just kind of funny. Or like then you have like the taboo subject person who kind of talks about like a taboo subject. Um, then you kind of have like your bit comedy type people that have like a bit they're doing whether that's just like a character or like a little music thing or, mm-hmm. they're, or they're like a puppet yeah i thought it, i just thought of a you could do the puppet thing dude i'll do the puppet thing with myself yeah stick your hand in a puppet <laughs> in myself <laughs> in yourself you know who mark norman is yes 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 dude yes. he's one of my favorite comedians killer right now He's got this joke. I'm going to say it probably. No, it's an old joke. It's an old joke. And he's put it on his social media and everything. But he goes, um, I enjoy a nice Snapple. Snapples are great. Am I right? And then the crowd's like, yeah, they're, they're good. And he's like, my favorite thing about the Snapple is that, is that they leave you a little fact under the cap. And so he was like, I, I had a Snapple the other day, actually. And I read the cap and it said, polar bears used to be black, but... Over a time in evolution, they changed to white because black people were because the police kept shooting them. And I totally butchered that at the end. That sucks. I'm going to do it again. It says polar bears used to be black, but over evolution, they changed to white because the police kept shooting them, which is a hilarious joke. And then he goes, he goes, yeah, and I couldn't believe they fit all that under the cap. <laughs> it's just so funny, dude. I'm just um, observation observation. It's freaking hilarious, and I I think I'm gonna title this episode today, um, butchering jokes. Butchering jokes. Butchering jokes with Ben, Dude, featuring if, Ben. And then you could have like both of us, like our heads, like put on like two butchers, like with some knives and like some like, blood on the front of them. Oh, like, that's like the little promo. Like, little cover art, yeah. Dang. Yeah, dude. I, for me, I I think of stand up in the car. Mm. Normally, it just it's just me, just like thinking in the car, and I'm just like, man. Why do so many girls like that Ted Bundy movie with Zac Efron? Mm. You know, like what? You know, start kind of there, and I'm like, you know, like what? Like what is it about? Just like, oh, like if the serial killer is kind of sexy, like, the, like I mean, I had girls like talking, and they were like, they were like, did he like really do it? <laughs> wow! Just because it's Zac Efron. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, just because of how hot he is. Yeah. They- portrayal of the you actual know? guys and so i, I guess like crazy. for me I, it's just and then like you can just i go from there and i kind of like write up my little bit you know i yeah. don't know it, it's just normally just me just like complaining in my mind yeah that's what a lot of people do is just complain and make it funny and i've heard numerous times like whitney cummings what she does is she writes like she has a premise, right? She'll find like Ted Bundy. And then she says she literally gets a notebook and a paper or maybe her computer or whatever. And she writes literally every single angle about that topic that she can write. And then she'll pick like the one she thinks is the funniest and then she'll just expand on it. So like Ted Bundy, right? Like good looking guy, got a lot of girls, 
and then she'll like expand on whatever one she wants like she'll just write as many literally as she can think of no matter if she like has a funny one as the first one if that's the one she's going to pick she writes out a bunch just to get her mind kind of in the state mm-hmm. and then once she finds her topic then it's like singular from there right it's like you don't have to find a bunch of different angles at that point because you, you found your one right so there's like there's obviously many different ways to do it and some people don't write some people go on stage with like a note card and they'll have bullet points and kind of know a little bit about what they're going to say and then in the heat of the moment they just say whatever comes to their mind which is insane insane wow. i've i've heard stories of like some of the biggest comics you know just don't have anything written down they're just like yeah i'm just gonna I'm gonna kill it today and they just go out there with nothing and then they do like 45 minutes to an hour of all made up stuff i that's see that's just what i don't get man yeah. it's like how people can just go out there but like with that confidence though that like whatever i say it will be funny yeah and, like, oh my god yeah. i can just get away with it mm-hmm. you know yeah that's to me like the impressive part about it i just can't it's so crazy to even think about like my honestly right now i'd say my style of comedy is um storytelling i'm like decent at telling stories i'm not gonna you know overhype myself i'm not that good but i'm, I'm decent at telling stories and making them a little a little bit funny and then um i can't write bits i'm not like a hey knock knock who's there you know like i can't write jokes like a like a what's his name mcdonald um or i don't know whatever his first name is but um i say that and then also situational humor where it's like i'm in a situation and i can be funny depending on the surroundings around me at that Mm -hmm. time or the situation around me you know like if you and our roommates are talking in the kitchen and I go down there and I hear something funny then I'm like, Oh, Hey, butt cracks and poo poo, you know, like I just throw that in there in the top of it. And then it usually gets like a laugh or two, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to conform that into stand up Cause that's hard. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, like that would be useful in the sense of like, if you're like shows getting like interrupted or like someone screams something weird yeah, and like you can kind of play on that. Cause yeah. that's the stuff that would freak me out. Like you get some like drunk, you know, like dickhead yeah. who's like, you know, just mouthing off in your show. And, you know, it's like you have, like, guys like Jimmy Carr that'll just, like... Light him up. Light him up on fire. And mm-hmm. it goes viral. That person's destroyed. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, you could have, like, the moments where, like, you just completely miff. And then... I, I don't know. That's, like, the stuff that freaks me out. Yeah. Like, in stand-up. I'd say, for me, I'm a pretty good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, bro, but, like, I get a lot of weird stuff happens to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. From the short time I've known you, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd just, agree to that. Just weird stuff happens to me. And like, I have a lot of really good stories. Just really weird, just just weird stuff. And so I feel like I could rely on that for like a lot of good content. But like, yeah. you know, I, but to me, like having funny stuff happen to you, it, it, it only, it, you can only do that for so long. It's finite, right? Until it stops happening to you. Yeah, exactly. Until like, yeah. the universe is like, all right, yeah, all right, he's actually using this. He's actually using this to make money now. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's give him a normal life. Right. You know. Yeah, dude, you do have a lot of weird stuff that happens to you, though. I won't lie. Yeah, I don't get it, bro. Like, it's just weird. The kind, like, I, I meet the weirdest people. The weirdest people will come and find me. Yeah. And they'll do something to me that's just weird. <laughs> or like, I'll have like animals do weird stuff to me. Yeah. Or my belongings. That's weird. Yeah, like a hawk that flew into my windshield. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Uh, you got to tell the story now. You got to tell okay. the story. So within like a 24-hour period, um, I got hailed on. 
and that hell was like a $17,000 hell job. Mm-hmm. And then literally I'm driving like this beat up held car on the way to go up to my grandfather's funeral. And then a hawk swoops down and smashes into my windshield. And this happened all like he like he died. The hail happened, and the hawk all happened under a twenty four hour period. Yeah, that was gnarly. That's gnarly, dude. Absolutely gnarly. It was. I can't believe it. I saw the pictures. It looked like a. I'm sure most people have seen like images of like um. Like a somebody hitting a windshield with a baseball bat. Yeah. You know, you know how it doesn't like fully crack it all the mm-hmm. way, but it like it. It uh, spider webs it, yes, and it caves it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's like what it looked like, but the size of like a, a hawk. <laughs> it was dude, crazy. It's dude, hawks are a lot bigger than what you think. <laughs> you know, was it dead? Like on there, or like what dude, happened? Did it, it hit? It, it hit it and just yeeted off of it. It just <laughs> flew off. So I mean, it, I guess it's pretty strong. I don't know if it's still alive. Wow. I don't know if it's dead. I don't know. Like I didn't stop to check on it. Yeah, I was kind of right. in shock. I don't know. I, I felt like I like for some reason maybe I ticked off some voodoo lady. I ticked off a witch. I don't, Jeez. I, I don't know what I did. Dude. You know. Um, have you ever? I mean, not have you ever, but what if that hawk literally went in and swooped in and grabbed your windshield and took you in your car off? Just a normal sized hawk just took you into its nest. Its Dude. gigantic nest. <laughs> That'd be like some like King Kong like Skull Island stuff. <laughs> I don't. I would I honestly I think I'd I think I'd pee myself. You'd be dead. You'd probably be dead. Like I mean I guess like the size relative to my car, I'd be a little impressed mm-hmm. and like, oh my god, this thing is literally eating my <laughs> like, a, like a three ton car. Yeah. However much cars weigh, I don't but dude, oh my gosh. I'd be scared. Yeah. I'd be honored actually. I'd be honored. It'd be an honor to sacrifice myself. I'd have to interview the hawk after to the that. hawk. What was it like eating my friend? I'm mean, just say squaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what what got you? I'm gonna flip gears for a little bit here, but what got you into um, filmmaking and, and videography? Because for the listeners out there, if you're still listening at this point, uh, Benji, myself, and Daniel, we we all are into videography. We all have camera gear. We all have made videos for clients, and and Ben has actually gone to the extent of making you know helping uh short films uh he's just written a short film he's videoed and helped make videos for um live events and dude your your portfolio is pretty nice man yeah thank you thank you um i for me i've always really liked movies i remember kind of i it all started whenever i was young i really loved watching like behind the scenes videos yeah. like mm-hmm. one of my favorite i used to like I'd watch them more than the movies. I remember like Star Wars. It, it was back when I had like the DVDs, like they came like in two sets. It had like the movie set and then it had like the behind the scenes set. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember I just watched behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I was always kind of like obsessed with how movies were made. Yeah. And um, then it, I, I got into college and I met this guy named Ollie. And funny enough, I met him kind of shooting like a little short UMHB video for like their little. It's like a like a funny sports caster mock type of thing for yeah. UMHB, and I met him there. And it turns out that he was UMHB's first ever film studies student. And Whoa. he's like, "Hey, man, I'm trying to make like a sh- like a short film." It's it was funny. It, it was right whenever Stranger Things ca- came out, and so the '80s were back. Yeah, and so it was kind of 
it's funny everyone that watched the film it's called boys um everyone was like it was kind of like stranger things oh really and yeah i was like it's majorly like stranger things yeah you know, four four boys they're all like you know tired of like their small town want, want the want the life of adventure so they all run away but shooting that i just had so much fun it was like the most oddly like kiddish fun that i've ever had and I just was kind of like obsessed with it. I was like, dude, I want to, I want to do more of this. I want to make more of stuff like this. And so I, I started really getting into it. I bought a camera. Um, and then I just started becoming a, a, a student of YouTube. Yeah. A film student of U- YouTube university. Yep. And, uh, that's kind of where it all started. Yeah. And then I've had a lot of opportunities to network and meet a lot of people. Um, I'm not where I want to be just yet, but, I'm just hoping to keep chugging along and learning, learning more and meeting more people. That's awesome, bro. What's yeah. the, what's your goals? Cause I know you, you say you like film, you like movies. Would that be something you would want to do for a living? Something within that realm or something along the lines of like commercial work for, you know, local businesses, like kind of like what I'm trying to get into at the moment. For me, I, I really prefer entertaining, Yeah, I guess. Cause I see entertainment easier than I do commercial. Yeah. I like commercial work, you know, I think, especially like if it's for, if I really feel like I'm trying, like helping the person out, like if I'm passionate for them, Mm -hmm. it makes it, it makes that really, really fun. Yeah. But for me, I I think making entertainment stuff would, would be very satisfying because I really do like enjoy people enjoying my work. There is just something really intrinsically valued. Is that even a word intrinsically valued? Mm. Let's. Let's yeah, make it, I mean, it seems like let's it. make it a word. I think that's two words, but we'll make it two words. It'll be there'll be a little dash between them. Intrinsically valued. Yeah, there's just like this intrinsically valued element to it. But um, I think long term, I really want to make a YouTube channel. Mm. I think that's kind of like the new game. I think that's like the new, the new Netflix. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff on YouTube nowadays that it's, it's they're getting so big. Yeah, like there's a, so much out there. I mean. It's it's insane. I mean, you can find more entertaining content now on YouTube than you can Netflix. Yeah. You know, if I'm to be honest with you. There's so much more. There's just so much more. And there's anything you want, you know. Yeah, literally anything. To, to learn, to be entertained, whatever you want. Yeah. So, but I think it would be, I, I really do want to get more involved with the Austin film community, though. That is yeah. something that I would like to do. Dude, I wish you would have got into the show Walker, dude. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Whenever I got selected to that i was like on set and i was so the first time i did it because i did it twice the first time i did it i was literally just strictly in the background uh like cast Mm -hmm. area and they monitor you there which is makes sense right like you're a random person they select and so they don't want you messing anything up or taking anything i guess so they keep you like corralled and so i wasn't able to talk to many people i talked to who i could but i wouldn't wasn't able to talk to many people and the second time I was what's called a stand-in. And so literally you stand in the place of the main actor. So um, the day I was on was there was like a, I guess the scene was like a, a guy and his, his boyfriend were arguing and the whole, this whole day of filming was dedicated to the Walker's cousin and his boyfriend. So I was one of the boyfriends and Literally, whenever they were in between takes, like they would set up a new scene at a different location or maybe just change the, the location a little bit. And so they'd be like, all right, stand-ins, come on. 
So I would literally stand on an X they had in the spot, like in front of the camera, which was pretty cool. Uh, the cameras were so dope. And then you could see the, yourself on the monitor. And I was like, hey. But the, <laughs> you get, hit record, hit record. Hit record. That. <laughs> I was like, just real quick, let me get my shot. And then you stand in front of their uh, the monitor on the X. And then they're like, okay, when this scene, he's going to walk. And so just, you, this is your path. You walk here, you stop at the front of the desk. So I would walk, stop the front of the desk, and that was it. Which was kind of cool because I was in the middle. I was like, the spotlight was literally on me. But obviously, it was like no, everybody else was walking around. Everybody that was in production and scene set up were walking. Doing their thing, getting everything yeah. ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was cool. But in that case, they didn't monitor you as much. And so, like, I could have walked out to the, the snack shop and got whatever snacks I wanted or, like, even watched the set or the scene happen. And uh, occasionally, they'd be like, hey, guys, make sure you sit down and get out of the way kind of thing. But it was cool, man. I wish you could have done that. You would have. It would have been really cool. Like, That's opportunity. awesome. It, dude, and they still do it. They still hit me up, and I'm like, I have to say no because it's like a full eight hours, probably more than that usually, and it's like boring because you can't do anything but sit there. You can't leave because yeah. COVID is like, I guess if I guess probably in the past I'd assume that if you're like just a stand-in or something, you would be able to leave, but or an actor. But I guess since COVID, they're like, okay, once you're on set, once you're in the facility, you cannot leave the area. Yeah, from what I've heard, I know that the film industry is like the, probably the most strictest about COVID stuff. Because mm. I know, like, you know, there's that whole like Tom Cruise debacle and whatnot. But <laughs> I, I, I know that they're all very strict about the COVID stuff. Because I mean, I think that industry produces so much money. Yeah. And so it's like they can't, I think they just can't sit around and not make movies because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like there's a lot of people that are affected by that yeah true i remember last year i shot a short film with my bud shannon chance down in houston and it was like interesting talking to some of the guys down there that he contracted out like some of the sound guys and some mm-hmm. of the gaffers and just kind of hearing their takes on stuff about how like you know they've kind of like this is like their income like they're like they they get sound for movies for a living and like right now like there are no movies being made and so like wow they don't have work to do and they're like yeah like some of them were like yeah like I'm I'm just back at my parents house or wow. something like that were they young or older they were younger okay that's good then I think I think if they were really in it they'd probably be in L A yeah. or Atlanta mm-hmm. so and I think that's probably also harder on these guys was just because like there's not a lot of production going down here in Austin yeah. or even like Texas as a whole. Yeah, there yeah. there is some, but like nothing like small scale. Yeah, small scale like TV shows. Yeah, a few movies here and there. But it's all it's crazy how like Walker is going on right now. I think they're still filming. I think they're really? not done. Wait, actually, they might have finished in April for this season or whatever. But didn't their season like release like earlier this year? Yeah, it did. Wow. Yeah, and so that's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure, bro. And like they're filming like. Well, they were filming currently in Austin, and nobody knew about it unless you were asked to be a background worker. You talked to somebody who knew, or you were in the show as a an actor or worked on the you know the set. Mm-hmm. But it's like there could be stuff going on right now. There could be like the next best movie in the world happening in in downtown Austin right now, and we'd never know about it until it came out. And then even then, it's like not even guaranteed to be release that it was in austin until like later on or like you might not know until like down the you know what i mean it's just right, crazy right. how that I, I behind the scenes just, i wonder if that's because like there's no paparazzi down here yeah i mean i'm sure like there are a few people down here but mm-hmm. like i mean like in la you know you have like all like those tmz stuff like, yeah, all, sure. like all the time so mm-hmm. it's like anytime there's any sort of major thing filming there's always like these behind the 
like I remember whenever Joker was filming, like I don't know if you remember like that that like that stairway mm-hmm. dancing scene, bro. There because like there's like actually apartments right there. Oh wow! And there there were like videos of like that scene before it all came out because oh, people yeah. were peeping out of like their windows, taking photos of it, and like paparazzi was around there. Wow. Yeah, but I think they I think not to go too far off subject, but I want to say like they were kind of cool about that with Joker because like they kind of did like. I know, like the director Todd Phillips released some of like their scenes from like, oh. his phone of them filming it. Oh, he, that's like, cool. He just released it on social media, which I thought was really cool to like do that. Yeah, get you kind of hyped for it. Yeah, like like a very interesting kind of homey way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, just I'm gonna film this on my iPhone <laughs> of yeah. us actually shooting this scene. That's so cool. It's cool to see the ones of the Avengers. I don't know if you've seen those, but like, dude, yeah, yeah, like especially like the battle. On that was like on uh, Infinity Wars. Yeah, like I don't know if you ever saw that one. It's yeah. basically just like a bunch of like foam rocks with a <laughs> bunch of just blue screens everywhere. That's crazy. And then everyone's wearing like those gray suits that have like like the little marks on them, mm-hmm. the black and white marks. And you're like, wow, this totally takes the magic out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane, man. Um, Benny, we've been talking for over an hour right now. We're going to end it. We're going to wrap it up right now. Cool, but cool, cool, cool. I want you to end on, on two things, okay? Okay. I want you to end on first, what recipe should people check out from Remington James' uh, YouTube channel? And then I want you to give your social media information, your website, all that stuff, so people can look for you cool. if they want to. Cool. So number one recipe, this recipe I'm obsessed with right now, it is a French toast um stuffed swirl type of deal mm-hmm. basically all it is is um you just take a piece of bread you flatten it out and then you take fat-free cream cheese vanilla based protein powder and stevia and you just mix that up oh and then you just use some like sugar-free jam i like to use the peach and then you just put that in there and then you use like an egg white cinnamon stevia kind of thing to make your french toast mm-hmm. literally tastes like honestly like 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 a boston cream type deal like it literally it tastes so good it tastes like a almost like a like a flavored cheesecake but wrapped in french toast because like the cream cheese is very like obviously cream cheese is like similar to cheesecake yeah very tastes like a dessert like an actual dessert it It was so good like i think if you just gave that to someone like here you go boom eat it they would not think anything else they'd be like wow this is a really good dessert i just ate a bunch of sugar i just that's a great dessert. You'd be like, no, 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 no. That actually had like 20 grams of protein and was like 400 calories and there was zero sugar. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You uh, won. I ate mine cold. The one you made for me. I really? ate it cold. It was so good. I didn't put syrup on it or anything. I was like, this is, I'm eating this like this. Dude, I knew you'd like it. That's why I saved it for you. Yeah. I was like, I, was appreciate like, I know that, Aaron is going to fall in love with this. And he's yeah. going to make this for his kids one day. Yep, his grandkids. I will. Remington James. Remington James is a saint. On on YouTube. I'm waiting for your Anabars, Remington. Yeah. I ordered them up, over a week ago. Like two, oh, the ones that you already ordered. Yeah. Come on, Remington. <laughs> and then my social media is, uh, my name is Ben Rourke, but you can find me on Instagram at Ben There Done That. Okay. Because I've been there. And I've done that. Like, okay. believe me, I've been there. I've done that. I trust you. I <laughs> you trust just you. trust me. And then my website is RourkeMedia.co. Yep. And so those are my uh, two big social medias. You can also find me on Facebook, Benjamin Rourke. Do you, prefer, like, you prefer Facebook? Uh, no, you can just hit me up on the gram. Oh, G- IG? Okay, I'll, 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 I'll link the, your the profile. Google IG. Yeah, I'll link yeah, your yeah, profile yeah, yeah, on yeah. that. And, um, 
thanks for coming man i appreciate it we've been trying to get this for a little bit so yeah, glad it worked sure. out for sure man yeah i mean it took me a long time to get up here um hopefully the walk down the stairs back to my room won't be too long yeah hopefully not <laughs> hopefully you get safe travel home so yeah hopefully i, I don't get mugged anything like that <laughs> daniel's kind of ruthless nowadays yeah, he is, bro. <laughs> all right buddy thank you for coming and uh i'll tag oh, you on this stuff thank and, you for having me yes sir all right man. thanks bro take care bye bye everybody bye everyone